that's why I want to go to that store in full Blake Doctor outfit, you know? Oh my gosh, um, that'd be fantastic to go in full Plague Doctor. Yeah. 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 I love that idea. Yeah. So anyway, um, today's <laughs> episode is Cold and Cruel. Cold and Cruel. And we thought today... Uh, this is probably going to be like a switch up from our regular... We, we've been kind of doing like bangers recently. We interrupt your, you, your usual usually messenger. scheduled content. Yeah. So I, I, I think this episode is not going to be perhaps as like humor ridden. Probably going to be a little bit more of a, like a, wow, great opinions there. <laughs> Uh, you know, kind of like uh, more of like a spoken word episode. You know what I'm, I'm saying? I'm pretty sure the water episode was the same. Uh, maybe, <laughs> but you know, kind of a more serious, I suppose, episode. This is going to be like I almost feel like it's kind of the rant episode, but also not like it's not specifically the rant episode. Like it's not a rant, but not a rant. No, no. This is going to be about writing. Writing, yes, writing that we think is good in uh, media in terms of like shows, mm-hmm. and for me, like games and stuff. Um, so James and I can both appreciate really good writing in media. You know, especially with, with shows and movies, it can be flashy. And there's so many things you can appreciate. We talked about doing a soundtrack mm-hmm. appreciation podcast. But, um, the, you know, there are so many things like with the visual effects. And so you can you can judge a, a TV show or a movie or a game on its overall quality. But today we're looking specifically at the writing of of shows or tv yeah. shows or etc and seeing what our standouts are the things that you know most in it whenever we think of good writing what we think of most yeah let's get started yeah We kind of talked about good writing when we t- did the anime episode where we talked mm-hmm. about um, like Naruto had the really good world building and character building where it's like we don't really like Naruto necessarily, but we can appreciate that it has, you know, the fact that you could build a whole world and you could get rid of all the main characters and, and still have a world. whole world going and a whole and, and you could run the whole, you know, have a whole nother. Yeah. Yeah. Like you could live in that world. For sure. And understand things going on. And that's, I mean, that's really good writing. I think that's why, like, if you look at, like, fan fiction, mm-hmm. like, a lot of times you'll see, like, like Naruto has a ton of fan fiction. Yeah. And that's because, and a lot of them don't even have the regular characters in them. Because, again, yeah. you can you can make your own stories within that universe. Which yeah. is, I think, what uh, we're, we're leading to this episode mm-hmm. in that's good writing yeah um, yeah absolutely so with that being said we'll go into stories that we think have good writing and yeah. we'll also mention like kind of bad writing or you know <laughs> i think there's like a, like a juxtaposition to it like yeah. a, like in order to like kind of really appreciate the good writing it's it's easy to bring up the bad writing example like um, what's the word for it the um, flip side yeah no, well it's like the vice versa holly yeah. you know what i'm talking about oh if there's literal crickets in the background if you listen <laughs> <laughs> <closely>. literal crickets <laughs> Anyway, uh, so I think it's easier to, you know, show how good a how good writing when you can um, compare it. Com- yeah, you, when you can compare it and show like the bad, uh, com- like a equal compare, like, almost equal comparison, contrasting it. Did you want to start? Or do you want me to start? You can start. I have the so again. All of these tend to be improvised. I kind of jotted down some notes on this one ahead of time, and James is going full improv. So. Um, here we go. Yeah. I have been doing a community rewatch, and I think Community is one of the most brilliant written. Overall, I think Community is a great show. I think it's hilarious. I think that it held up. Re- I think that it, it really aged well, considering it was written in 
2010. Um, Didn't it start in 2008? I think so. I think it was like that. I mean, it, either way, it's mid 2000, like the yeah. the oh, mid, yeah. you know, 2010s, and. You know, you look at shows from that time, and it's amazing. Like, going back and seeing, like, shows from that time, because I've been doing a lot of rewatches, mm-hmm. or a lot of um, new things that I haven't seen before from that era. And it's amazing how, like, you're just like, oh, my gosh, this is so not appropriate now. Mm-hmm. Or, like, wow, they really were not comfortable with, like, LGBTQ content back then. Yeah. Or, you know, like... And I was saying, you know, there's Arrested Development I was watching, and, and that was um, comparable to Community at the time. And it's good, but, like, it's not, it did not age well. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas Community, I think, ages really well. And, yes, there are, like, you have Pierce's character who has, I mean, you have moments where they have non, where they, they make jokes that may be, like, inappropriate. But I think the whole, <laughs> yeah, they're problematic, but... The whole thing is that they they are never other comedy shows like I think they they go where it's like everyone kind of like laughs along or they're brushed or they're brushed off. Whereas in like Community, they're never not uh, condoned. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like the characters are the, like the Greendale Seven are usually you know not are it's a groan when they hear those kind of things. You know, it's never it's never a condoned kind of humor when they're um when it's a humor that we typically wouldn't consider pc now yeah but again and that's the thing is like this this was back in 2010 and yet it was so ahead of its time Mm. because you can watch it now and be like wow they again like it could still stand up till to right now and be okay yeah so, uh, so anyway, that being said, okay, so there are two uh, key points of Community's writing that I really want to focus on. So what makes Community really well, really well done, I think, is their ability to adapt and change. I think Community was written like on an episode per episode basis. And so what that allows is for you to allow your characters to grow like i think they they didn't i don't think that they had it like plot pointed out plot pointed out like stories are kind of like good but when you plot point things out it like kind of restri- and, and aren't willing to change it restricts your what you're what the what the viewer sees so with like community you have like troy and abed's relationship where i'm sure that probably wasn't originally in the plan to have that yeah. relationship be what it was but yet they saw the chemistry and went with it mm-hmm. and then like i personally didn't i thought the jeff Britta relationship was really boring and dull and i think they saw that too and they were like let's not go with that oh by the way spoilers <laughs> <laughs> um um but you know they, they saw that and went with it you know and i and and willing to have their characters grow and change and not be one-dimensional in a comedy show (laughs) and also you know being able to to be flexible yeah all right moment uh, real quick uh, moment from our sponsor briscoe yep this is briscoe's you speak (laughs) briscoe he's just panting very heavily into the mic anyways there you go there you go Very interesting. Very interesting. Tell us more. (laughs) (laughs) 
love you, buddy. I love you. Um, yeah, their ability to adapt, I think, is pretty incredible. And also, I mean, you know, community had many setbacks. Like, community was not one of those. I mean, they faced challenge after challenge. One of those challenges was having their head writer and creator fired during the fourth season. And honestly, that was not a, the best written season. But even it not being the best written season, I still don't think it was a bad show. Like, I still think they did, they managed to do pretty well and adapt well to not having Dan Harmon. And then season five, having Dan Harmon back, bouncing back from that, um, that season and also losing your main characters, some of your main characters, I thought he did really well at making it so because I mean you lose when you lose your main characters especially like I didn't I didn't know how they were going to do it without Troy I mean like he's such a staple I mean Troy and Abed you know that's so mm-hmm. staple and yet they were able to he was able to make that work like it was still five and six I think were really good seasons um, and I think they're underrated and I, I the things that they were the hand that they were dealt I think they still did a really good job and the counterpart of that is you know how I met your mother who had their plot points made out um they had decided from uh beginning to end what they were what things were going to look like and so you had an again this is going to be a spoiler (laughs) so you had the whole time they kept pointing out that you know robin and ted's relationship was a repeated failure like it was repeatedly failing it's it's toxic you know ted is toxic and they repeatedly showed us this like and, and honestly like that barney and robin were more suited for each other mm-hmm. um but they showed us all these all this development and change in their characters and then of course they show us the mother for like two episodes <laughs> mm-hmm. only for the ending to be ted and robin yeah and it just be like a terrible ending and they they shot themselves in the foot by being we have to have it this way. And part of that was because they filmed the kids because they had the kids on the couch. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I, I think that they really shot themselves in the foot and it ended up being a really poor ending to a sh- to a series yeah. because they had, they had allowed their characters to change, but they, but then you have an ending that brings it back to the beginning and all that changes and all, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so then the other thing that I think, makes community a really well-written show is their like revolving door circle type writing where they're able to circle back to any season Mm -hmm. and reference a joke they have several several running jokes in the show Mm -hmm. and several even the bloopers like even the bloopers are basically their own episode because there are like several running jokes in the blue like behind the scenes yeah and you can see them in the bloopers and it's just it's a very flowing and consistent script and you can watch something in season one and then go into season five and it's mentioned again. Or you can see the seeds that are planted and then see them later. You can see them in the background. You can see them in a character. It's it's really incredible. And binging it again. I mean, this is like the sixth time I've watched this. And I'm mm. still like, oh my gosh, I didn't know. <laughs> I never knew that they sang this song in episode one. And then they referenced <laughs> it here. You know, like just these very minor things that are just so well placed. And so yeah. brilliantly done. <laughs> Which I think kind of goes into like ghost stories. Like ghost stories also does this where it's like it's not. I mean ghost stories was completely improv. But yet they were able to go. Like there was no script for it. But yet they were able to go back and reference. Make jokes to previous episodes. And I, I think that's 
always a great when you can have the the continuity, that consistent continuity. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Okay, I've talked long enough. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, well, I, I think well with the community thing, like community uses. Uh, Dan Harmon had his own was called the Story Circle, mm-hmm. and I, I think in in terms of that circular writing structure is very good. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and with it's it's its own version of the standard typical writing style which is you know the climax and resolution kind of thing where it's you know i have the i have the circle in front of me it's you have in a zone of comfort uh then it's what's called it's really called the hero's journey it's its own change on the hero's journey mm-hmm. which is the most commonly used form of storytelling mm-hmm. so it's where the hero's in a zone of comfort they desire something, they enter into an unfamiliar situation, they adapt to the situation, they get what they desired, they pay a heavy price for winning, and then a return to their familiar situation, and then they have overall change. And I, I think, in general, this story writing is very well. It, yeah. it works very well in where it's used. So yeah. in Community, you'll see that every episode follows that structure. Same mm-hmm. with Rick and Morty. Yeah. I mean, they're both Dan Harmon shows, so both of them use that. But I think overarching, another show that does this very well, surprise, surprise, Attack on Titan. <laughs> it's a very circular story mm-hmm. in which you have Aaron who desires something. He gets into an unfamiliar situation, mm-hmm. you know, Titans. And then, you know, he wins, but not really. Spoil, yeah. Anyways, uh, <clears throat> but yeah, I think that story in general really works. Uh, I think, and also they have a really detailed world. And oh yeah, really for sure. Well-built. Again, it's it's another it's another one of those things where you can envision yourself in, and you can envision you know what would happen if this character wasn't here, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's it's very well done. I think another story uh, or a game, because there's a lot of games that I like. Mm-hmm. I think that have very well written stories. One of them being, and actually I use kind of both to it's a one and two kind of thing and i think one does something better than the other one so the game series i want to talk about here is horizon horizon zero dawn horizon forbidden west in general in terms of story i think uh, actually one has a better story than two just because two's ending got a little weird i think they could have done a better job with that but overarching i think one again it's it's that world building kind of thing you make a really interesting world you sell that, and then you have all these very well-written characters, mm-hmm. um, and you put those characters in this world, right? Mm-hmm. And then I think that works itself out very well in Horizon, where you have you know Aloy, who is this brave, strong character. She don't need no man kind of thing, <laughs> and it's about her learning and becoming better, and it's it's very well done. Another thing I. I personally i wanted to mention mm-hmm. was this is for games again mm-hmm. is in gaming there's a mm-hmm. big difference between lore mm-hmm. and story mm-hmm. so i think the one game there's a couple games i want to mention for this but the one i wanted to talk about first was warframe mm-hmm. warframe is really unique in that well i guess destiny also does this as well but i think warframe does it better and that they have a really unique story mm-hmm Again, they have this world that's cool and you can envision yourself in it and, and, you know, has a lot of different things. And the story is really well done. It's very well written. And then it has lore 
which you can read by finding things around the universe and by, you know, getting certain milestones. And I, I've talked with my uh, one friend about this, uh, and him and I are both in, we're, uh, in agreement about this, is that we're very big lore nerds. Mm-hmm. We, we love game lore. Because huh. it's, it's a way to kind of dig deeper into the story. Yeah. And it's not actually just story. Right. It's, it's like t- tidbits that give you a little bit more. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like, you know... When you're watching, actually, like Attack on Titan, it's mm-hmm. when they have those like little screens in the middle uh-huh. where they say like little information cards. You know yeah. what I'm saying? This the ODM gear or yeah. whatever. You know? Yeah. Where like you never pause to read. No, you never pause. So, it's so fast. And even if you do pause to read, you're like, what? Uh-huh. I can't. I don't yeah. understand those. Yeah. 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 We're very much lore nerds, mm-hmm. and Warframe does as well. And I think it has a very good balance of lore versus story, where it has, you know, you have this very well written story. And then if you want to learn more, you go into the lore, you find out, and then through that you can story, you, you can piece together this larger story, which is even more interesting mm-hmm. than what the game presents you, and it's super cool. Destiny did this well in Destiny 1, where they had, you know, it was uh, kind of funny where they had this uh, website you had to go to to piece together the lore, and that was very unique. I kind of miss it, not gonna lie. But, you know, it, its story was not good. It's and it was very well known for not being a great story, not well written, kind of generic. But the lore was incredible, and it was really, really well written. Mm-hmm. It's just the game didn't follow through. Upsetting. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. And then Destiny Two had a very good story, and I think it fell behind on the lore. And then finally, the last thing I want to mention because I'm also talking a lot here. No, but no, no, you're fine. I, I think also in terms of like lore. So uh, the other kind of game that does this is just a lore focused game in which there's kind of a story but it's more focused around lore which is uh risk of rain one and two mm-hmm. in which the items all have descriptions mm-hmm. um and then through that and through the gameplay you can kind of piece together a story uh through the lore of the tidbits that you read and it's a really written well written story it's really unique and then elden ring another game does that as well I don't care for the story, but I can't deny that it is good, mm-hmm. um, and it's well done. Yeah, it's it's again one of those things where if you're diligent about it and you actually want to learn more, you mm-hmm. can't. You know, because like some sometimes the games will force you to do it, and I I prefer the approach of if you want to learn more, if you're really intrigued about this world, like Risk of Rain, I love that world. It's so cool, and if I want to learn more, I can't by just playing. You know, mm-hmm. and I see I think that's really cool, and it's yeah. really well done. So, yeah, yeah, that's that's where. Those are stories slash lore that I enjoy. Yeah, for sure. I was wondering when Risk of Rain was going to make its appearance. <laughs> like Risk of Rain makes all the top lists. Oh, yeah. Very good game. Yeah. Ten out of ten. Uh, I think another top for me that stands out, like this one really stands out for me. And so this one is a web novel. So webtoons are often based, like the Korean webtoons are often based off of web novels. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and this particular one is a web novel. And now we talked about, I think we briefly touched about how like, you know, we're not one of those like novels over, you know, me- the, the, the media, the media medium doesn't necessarily it's not like superior over the other yeah um, they're each in their own right oh um, like the like the whole book sources movies yeah. kind of thing yeah, <laughs> yeah which we'll have a, we, we, oh that's we, gonna be on the rant yeah. just you wait yeah we'll have um our own podcast it'll, it'll have its own podcast for the whole debate over books versus movies but this is one where it's like this has a webtoon movies with- <laughs> 
this has a this has a webtoon like with with a picture, and I was super excited because I had been reading the I think I'd been reading yeah I'd been reading the web novel for this one first, and I was super excited for this one to get like the artistry done and see it be able mm-hmm. to see like the picture because I'm a visual I'm a two year old and I need picture books <laughs> I need picture books <laughs> give me my so picture I, books so I read comics and so I was really excited oh, I, <laughs> I don't know if I when Tiziana don't know we're here. Uh-huh. Uh, Mom got them. Did you see the book Mom got them? No. With their kids? No. It was so cool. It was this dinosaur pop-up book. Uh-huh. And it was like, it was massive. And the whole thing like came out and like there was exhibits and whatnot. Like everything That's was massive. Cool. It was genuinely really cool. Anyways, I was like. And you were like, um, where's my where, copy? Where's mine? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Dang. Anyways, sorry. Continue. No, 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 you're fine. No, so we need that one. That one's that clearly one. yeah. well written. Very well written. <laughs> That's totally based on the writing. <laughs> no, but I was very excited for this one to be illustrated and to be able to see this one because there's really there's some really funny parts that I was really excited to see illustrated. And I was really disappointed because the illustrate like the webtoon decided to like cut out a good chunk of things. Mm. And typically webtoons are really good about not cutting out things. And this is one where I was like, ooh, I would have preferred if it was left in and here's why now again i like the webtoon on its own mm-hmm. like if you look at it on its own it's really good on its own so we have to separate the media I'm sorry. yeah but but the novel so going into the novel the novel is so much better because so it's this one's called how to get my husband on my side and she is if you haven't heard all the terms for this <laughs> <laughs> the terms are defined in i think the episode where we play webtoon versus the game the game is it real or not real or fake i think is what it's called but so she transmitigated and regressed so basically but she doesn't know she regressed so basically she came into this world like she she lived a life in korea and then came into this world that she thinks is a novel so she thinks it's a novel that she read Ah, but she keeps having these like flashbacks and she's like oh what's this like dream i'm having (laughs) but it's actually her previous life that she lived so she lived this life already they lived they already did this and it ended miserably like she ended up burning that bitch Wow. Down. Like, the, by that bitch, I mean, like, <laughs> the whole town village ah, thing. Nice. And, like, it was a bad ending. <laughs> and then she went to Korea and then came back and the time reversed. So yeah. it's kind of like all the tropes in one. <laughs> they hit all the boxes. But she's very traumatized because in all of her lives, she's been abused and essayed and she's been so verbally and physically abused. And just very much traumatized. And it's three lives now. In her in her mind, it's only been twice because she doesn't yeah. remember that first. Yeah. But it's it's two lives, three lives now where she's like this trauma is so drilled into her. Mm. And her whole thing is she just kind of like plays like she she handles it very much like how I handle things where it's just like, <laughs> we just laugh it off. Like it's fine. <laughs> Everything's sure. fine if you just don't deal with it. Just and so she like plays it off and kind of just like ends up kind of like just trying to like make it easy breezy cover girl but the way that they deal with her like so it's very playful yeah it's very playful because she tries to be you know light and easygoing and and he's just very stoic and just the side characters are fantastic but you have these funny moments and in, in the meantime they're interweaving how her trauma has has affected her and how her, her trauma kind of how it affects her response 
responses to things. So it's kind of like the goob of it all, <laughs> where it's like, hey, goob. And they're like, he's like, everyone hated me. <laughs> where it's like, she's, so I don't know if, you, if viewers have heard this term, but when you have your whole story being narrated, right? So you, you're from the perspective of the narrator or of the main character. You're, you're learning all your information from the narrator, from the main character, right? Yep. That's who you're learning it from is the main character. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can have what's called an unreliable narrator. Mm. And that's when you can find it. And it may not be upfront, and you learn it later on that like, oh, that's actually not so spoiler to anyone who hasn't seen Gone Girl. <laughs> but Gone Girl is a good example of an unreliable narrator where she is talking about how, oh, she's like lived this trauma. And then she like flips the script and you're like, oh my goodness, wait. Mm-hmm. You can look it up. <laughs> you can look it up. I'm not going to go into detail. But so it's a really good use of unreliable narrator because it's not necessarily that we don't trust her, but everything she sees is through a lens of trauma. Yeah. So she's like, all these people hate me, <laughs> but they really just, it's not true because she, but she, she sees it as that way because of trauma or she thinks someone is going to kill her because trauma. Like yeah. she's like, I can't, I can't do anything wrong or they'll beat me. I can't do anything wrong or they'll kill me. Like I have to do this. And it's like not true. Yeah. But so all of her reactions are defined by this. And her whole thing is she's like, oh, well, in the novel, he ki- he ends up killing me in the end. Because in her regressed life, when she burned everything down, he ended up like killing her because she had burned everything because she made herself. It was the whole thing. Yeah. But she's like, I have to be really careful because he's going to kill me. So I have to like butter him up and stuff. Yeah. But it's not the fact. We know it's not the fact because we also can see the whole picture, you know. Um, but in the meantime... It's also very funny. You have this moment where she becomes besties with the dragon. (laughs) And then from there on out, like, her husband is jealous of this dragon because the dragon has, like, spent more time with her than her husband has. And it's, like, this whole thing. And then he just refers to it as this, like giant lizard and it's just like the way that it's written it's just really well done Mm -hmm. i wish i could articulate it better because this one is so that's the thing about this one it's so well (laughs) articulated i read a lot of web novels as well and it's a little bit difficult because you have the translation barrier but you i mean there are a lot that it's like oh this is good but this one's just like notably i mean you still have that translation barrier but like it's like you don't even see the translation barrier here because it's just so well written yeah. And so well done and just notably stands out as just being so incredibly like you feel all these emotions mm. you feel everything with her yeah and you also get a good laugh out of it <laughs> it's also hilarious and it's also like i think it's really realistic in how she responds to trauma and i think it's really realistic in how other people treat her that's my rant i think it's really really good i think how to get my husband on my side is a really great web novel and webtoon like i said i've read a lot of there are lots of other great web novels as well it's just this is definitely by far stand out yeah like you you can read another one and you'll be like oh this is good and, and then you'll read this one and it's like oh my gosh this is great and then nothing will compare ever again mm. <laughs> did, you, <laughs> no. did you have anything else no i i pretty much said what i wanted to say i think i mean we can give these so then there's the example of bad writing oh 
<laughs> so Abby, for me, season eight of Game of Thrones <laughs> yeah. is just yep. the worst. <laughs> the pinnacle of bad. But I want to explain why it's so bad. Oh, yeah. And again, this goes back to that like whole community thing of like you build up your characters, you build up this world, you build up everything. And then spoilers for if you mm-hmm. haven't seen season eight. So they had built up Daenerys as this powerful woman and her her army and they had built up all these characters and then at the end only to revert them back to their exact same place they began. Jon Snow, who had tried so hard to get out of the north and find his origins, ends up alone back in the north, not getting in touch with his origins. Yep. And yep. the Starks just are closed off and like so they're so I can't think of the word I'm looking for, but they and you have all of your female characters who were not Starks either went mad or died. Mm -hmm. It's so misogynistic. It's insane. It's so frustrating to me because people are like, well, you could see Daenerys going crazy throughout the show. And you're like, no, no, you couldn't. I mean, like you could call her things crazy, but everything she did, there was a male character who did that thing or worse. Yeah. Or there was a female who did the, like Sansa did like a lot of very similar things and a lot of similar things happened. And then Jon Snow did a lot of very terrible <laughs> appearance from Briscoe. Oh, so yeah, you have your like three, your, all of your women have either gone insane or, or dead and everything like, so, you know, everything that they claim Daenerys did that may, would qualify her for being crazy all of the other men did like and yet they're not accused of being the mad or crazy it's just what they did for war just what they what they're expecting you know it's so it's really frustrating because it's such a double standard like no she was in a position of power like you know it's just it's a really frustrating thing yeah and then also basically all of your poc <gasps> ca- the all, excuse me that's really rude and then basically all of your poc characters the the very few that they had were also killed off so they whitewashed it and then claimed that like freaking Bran had the most mm-hmm. acclaim and that he had the best like story with the <laughs> like mm-hmm. feelings aside and like politics aside the story I think that they were so I think that they were so focused on the whole shock value is what made them yeah. and they really wanted to stick to shock value but shock value does not make a good story no. it does not always equal a good story and like yes a good plot twist is good but a plot twist or shock value has to has it to add make, something yeah it has to add something to make the plot go forward yeah. it can't just be for like oh shock value like it can't just be like oh hey we got you if you've been putting all these pieces together and and building your story this way only to revert it back to the beginning it's like why did i waste eight years watch you know why did i waste all this time watching this yeah because there's no point it just brings me back to the very beginning like now they have house of targaryen out it's like you killed all the tar like i know how it ends why do i want to watch that like it was a terrible ending yeah. i'm not watching that but yeah like i i just think they really ruined it by i really think it was the shock value thing that that ruined them instead of just you had all along you know john snow and daenerys being the two ultimately the two main figures who were best in line 
and from a writing standpoint you know and and even like the killing of the night king like that was Jon snow's whole thing was like killing the night king you know yeah. anyway <laughs> the other other complaint big complaints story of bad writing i have is the <laughs> disney channel a girl meets the world show the <laughs> counter is the it's the baby offspin of boy, boy meets, meets world. world i mean and like boy meets world was so good so and girl meets world had like a good start to it and they had built these really great i think really great lessons and characters and it was cute and all um my complaint was towards the end when they brought in the triangle story first of all i hate triangles mm. i hate triangle stories i think they're stupid for sure i'm all about circles you know yeah i like an octagon uh-huh yeah yeah i'm big into polygamy yeah yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> Then their whole thing was that, like, so Riley had claimed that, like, Maya had become Riley. Mm. Like, her getting good grades and her trying to become a better person was not her personal character growth. It was her just just trying to be her friend. Mm -hmm. Like, it was her trying to act like a different person because she's the bad one and she's supposed to be the rebellious one. That's her character. Yeah. So it's like, okay, that's fine. Like, this is a fine story. Like, if we correct it, right? Because that's obviously a... Moral. No, like, people grow and change and people change each other. And not correcting the story and not allowing Riley to grow by facing reality and not allowing Maya to be, you know, to accept her growth of a character. And then, like, again, it ended without them ever correcting. I think that it ended probably earlier than they thought, but I think they still had a chance to, like, do a last episode, right? And they never corrected it. Mm -hmm. Excuse me, sir, sir, (laughs) you were writing for, I mean, like, I was an adult when I watched this. But, I mean, because, like, I mean, like, half of, I mean, if we're honest, like, there was a good amount of people who watched Boy Meets World who also watched the spinoff. Yeah. Because, I mean. nostalgia. Yeah, but also Topanga's hair. <laughs> I watched solely for Danielle Fisher's hair. <laughs> no, but I mean, it was marketed towards children, and you want to tell children that they have to they have to fit this box. Like they're not allowed. Yeah. They're the rebellious bad type. They can never change. Otherwise, they're just acting as their friend. Like that's such a horrible lesson. Why didn't they fix that? Yeah. Oh, that was such a writing. Like that was such a writing pet peeve of mine. And I was just like, this is so stupid. I was fine with them using it for like one episode, but then not correcting it pretty much immediately was very frustrating. Yeah. Speaking of bad writing, season yes. four, episode 11 of SpongeBob SquarePants. <laughs> um, let me tell you, <laughs> horrible, absolutely <laughs> atrocious. Is that the rip my pants episode? <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, yeah. Hmm. And then you also have, I mean, we can go into detail, too, about The Promise Neverland Season 2. Oh, my goodness. Ugh. Garbage. Poor writing. Did you have any other examples that you could think of of poor? Oh, well, now you have me on Promise Neverland <laughs> Season 2. Oh, my goodness. I guess story writing kind of lore thing for games that I did not like at one bit was uh, For Honor. Mm-hmm. For Honor, it's one of those, it's also similar with, like, any fighting game that tries to adapt a story like because you know you have these cool characters that you know kill each other and then you try to make a story around it it just doesn't work so like mortal Kombat, i thought the movie for mortal Kombat was good mm-hmm. I, I watched it a couple months ago that was pretty good mm-hmm. but the story for the games is just confusing it doesn't make sense mm-hmm. 
And for like For Honor, it's just all over the place. There's no consistency to it. It's okay. It's passable, but it doesn't need it. I didn't, when I go to play a, like a fighting game or something like that, I'm not looking for a story. Same with like <laughs> Call of Duty or like Battlefield. Like, they always had these, you know, these stories. And actually a couple of them, when I was like, back when I had my uh, PS3, I played, I, I loved the Call of Duty stories, but looking back, they really, only one for me that I thought was good was Ghosts. And that one's not getting a sequel anytime soon because people didn't like that one. Screw those people. And the stories are, they're, they're, they're okay. And I mean, people enjoy them stories they're fun to play through they're not good stories though yeah <laughs> you know they're not well written they're yeah. you know they're just kind of passable yeah but you know it's the thing where like when i want to play a fighting game or a shooting game or whatever i'm not particularly looking for a story unless it's a story oriented game kind of like mm-hmm. destiny is a story oriented game which was why people didn't like destiny one's story that much was because it was a game focused around a story mm-hmm. and the story wasn't that good and then promise neverland season two did we did we talk about this at all have we have we <laughs> we've Probably, never brought it up never no but like how, how how in depth have we gone about this because i feel like we're about to beat a dead horse but i'm gonna go into it because here we go atrocious bad, horrible you had such a great premise and you fumbled the ball unbelievably yeah you know I, as i'm speaking this i'm pretty certain we've talked about this oh no i'm no we have but i mean I mean, we can focus more on the writing aspect of yeah. it. So in, in terms of writing, like in the first part, you have this really good story, mm-hmm. almost perfect, mm-hmm. almost perfectly written, actually. Mm-hmm. It hooks you, it gets you invested. It. I think, again, it's that world building. Like, mm-hmm. I think the manga really has that world building. Like, you really get to explore more of the demon world, whereas mm-hmm. you really only saw, like, a church mm-hmm. in the anime. Like, yeah. that was it. And yeah. in a demon world, I don't really want to see a church. Mm. <laughs> that kind of doesn't well, make sense. Yeah. But, but but also, like, I almost feel like they almost didn't write their, the world that great. No, yeah. Because the, I think there was a lot of plot holes almost. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, how the the human world was like, complete spoilers, but nobody mm-hmm. cares. You're not going to watch second season anyway. Well, um, no, that's what I'm saying is that the anime didn't do world building at all. Mm-hmm. Whereas the manga did better world building. I, I still don't think it was that great, but... Okay. <laughs> But yes, in that sense, yes, it, it did do better, and the anime completely it didn't mm-hmm. do any. Right. It tried to get you, because in the manga, they did a better job of giving you both sides stories. Yeah. And giving you a better understanding of why this is happening, mm-hmm. and that they're kind of in the wrong, but also they're not in the wrong. Mm-hmm. And the anime did nothing about that. Right. They. they There's no background. No. Bad guy, bad. You know? Right. But then we just magically want to save them, because yeah. we're the good guys. We're the good guys, yeah. Uh-huh. And that we're no better than them and kind of excuse. Mm-hmm. We should just save them to be good people. Yeah. No, it was, it was atrocious. But yeah, it was just not well written. Not well written at all. Because they didn't even write in the best part of that arc, Goldie Pond. What a shame. It'll forever, like, again, this will be in the rant episode or maybe our own separate episode about uh, novels versus movies and uh, game or, you know, shows and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Is that I am a firm believer in that. I don't think comparing books versus shows is fair. I right. I, I fundamentally don't believe that. Right. They're two different mediums. Yeah, same. You approach them differently. Yeah. And from a director's standpoint, you can't possibly yeah. include every single detail from a book into a show. Right. It's impossible. Right. You can get close, mm-hmm. but I think... The closer you get to making something as similar to a book mm-hmm. as you can mm-hmm. takes away from art. And I, I just don't like that. 
I, I think it's not fair because um, I, I think when you are adapting something, you should have your own artistic vision and make it your own in a way. But fundamentally, anyways, <laughs> that's going to be its own episode. But you know, like mm-hmm. you have this well-written, and this is where I'm going to be hypocritical in saying that the Promised Neverland manga had this really well-written story. Uh-huh. And for the anime, if they had just put that in there, it, I think it would have been stronger. It would have been better. And yet they didn't. And because they didn't include that, I just think it fell through. Because they didn't. They wanted. Because they did try to make it different. They tried to make it yeah. a, a change, and they just were not able to hold that through. You know. Yeah. But yeah, that's the one. That's the one scenario where I'll be like kind of hypocritical about that. But no, again, and like I said, like with mine, like how to uh, get my, my husband on his side, like that too. Like where I'm like, I don't typically, I'm not typically like, Wah! but like, yeah, actually though, <laughs> in this case, it kind of, because like these factors are kind of what make them so special and, yep. and what make the story so, they're the critical points to them. And so when you get rid of them, it, it's kind of like, well, it doesn't make full sense. Mm-hmm. Like, why are these characters doing this? Like, what are their motivations? And you don't understand as much as you, f- you fully would if you had the pieces that we're talking about. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I just want to, like, add in a Korean drama. I could do, like, a whole episode on Korean dramas. Basically, anything written by the Hong sisters is usually great. I think from a writing standpoint, one that really stands out is Master Son. I just think the concept, maybe, I think maybe it's just more of a concept that I really appreciate is the fact that, so she sees ghosts and she doesn't want to see ghosts because they're really scary. Mm. And the- I feel like I remember this one. Only, oh, yeah, man. I love this one. It's I watch this one a lot. The only way she cannot see ghosts is like she stumbles upon this guy and just like whenever she like touches him like the ghosts go away like they know like they she can no longer see them mm. but he's like a huge germaphobe <laughs> <laughs> and i just think that's a great concept that is like, a great concept yeah but there are definitely a, a ton more that i could talk about for being good rating i just mm. it could be a whole different thing so i don't even want to d- deep dive into yeah. that but yeah i think one more one more example of really good mm-hmm. writing is season four episode 12 of spongebob squarepants is that the bubble bowl uh no it's not the bubble bowl honestly the bubble bowl is my Um, favorite episode of spongebob by far gotcha that is a good one that whole ending i honestly i would honestly put that on the list of well written oh yeah for sure it's it's pretty genius yeah yeah that's their peak humor i think for sure spongebob is peak yeah anyways yeah we'll just uh, cut it it whatever you do no cut it off randomly as i'm saying